Hey, Grand Rising, and welcome to the podcast, Only Black Cosmonaut. On each and every episode, we look to explore our inner universe and shine a light of love and acceptance. My name is Howard Cosmonaut Palmer. I'm a self-care, meditation, and wellness advocate, and I do those conversations, and I call it planetary alignment. With guided meditation, mindfulness, and movement, I want to teach you, too, how to be cosmic. That's been testing. Hey, Tony, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you so much once again. Ah, so here we are on the podcast, Only Black Cosmonaut, where we look to explore our inner universe and shine a light of love and acceptance. I'm all about that. I use it as planetary alignment, but my three main focus have always been about mindfulness, movement, and meditation. Um, I would say over a few episodes now, I've been talking about the reset of a man and manhood and masculinity. I've even balanced the uh, the reality of femininity in that and how that relates to the person. I've had people, experts, I would say, on the podcast who talk about that that reality and just how it balances in their personal life and maybe even in um, a life that they live around. How that relates to today's episode and today's guest. I have Tony Chapman, and Tony Chapman is a longtime friend of mine, but Tony is a master in Shotokan, the martial arts of Shotokan. I met him many years ago, um, I would say almost 12 years ago now, in in Atlanta, just exploring my personal life when I walked into a, a do, his father's dojo, and we became, I would say, distant friends, you know, over the years. I would come to a, a lot of his class his, that his father would teach, and then comes to find out Tony would be the teacher. And, you know, it's been a great experience just watching Tony grow and watching you grow. I'm talking right. to you as well. So this episode, <laughs> I hope to really get a um, more insight into who you are and how that relates, yes, to your masculine side, more to your personality, but how that relates to just you as a person. Um, so just a brief introduction of who Tony Chapman is, if if you even had one of those. Ever, has anybody ever asked you to introduce yourself like that before? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've had a couple of uh, conversations with people that just wanted to generally know about myself and how I got into the martial arts. But, yeah, thank you, Howard, for having me on the podcast, man. Like you said, it's been a long time coming. I really appreciate the time and uh, the interest in my life and the style that I've dedicated my, my life and my time to. So, but yeah, um, I've been doing karate since I was like five years old, man. Like you said, mm-hmm. my father is the chief instructor, and so martial arts has always been in my life. There has never been a moment where I was not studying karate, or at least wasn't in the background of my life, because my dad was constantly like in the backyard, in the dojo, in the garage, going over techniques with me. He'd say, you know, what do you think about this technique? We're going to be going over it today which basically meant that we're going to be doing it for the next two weeks. So <laughs> I kind of figured that was what was going to happen. So, yeah. But um, I've been in the martial arts since I was like five, man. Shotokan karate has pretty much been the only style I've dedicated myself to. And I really do see it as a complete martial art. I mean, mm-hmm. history just goes to, to show that it is an effective martial art because yeah. it's been handed down through so many generations. Like, only the strong survive when it comes to martial arts and, and nature, yeah. you know? So 
styles that are weak, they don't make it, man. So I'm really proud <laughs> to be a protocon practitioner. I have no, been studying for a long time, but I'm still a practitioner and a student at heart. No, I can see that. And um, the title of this episode is really Warrior Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. As I was saying, you know, Shotokan found me through my father. When I moved to the U.S., he introduced it to me, and it was something that he introduced to himself in Jamaica as a way to protect himself. And right. long story short, I became pretty proficient in it as well in my history, and I found it to be so effective at least in the physical aspect aspect of it, because these katas and the movements were really, they felt like second nature. I had studied Gojuru, I had studied ninjutsu, but between Gojuru and Shotokan, I really saw like myself. And the, mm-hmm. the, the beauty of the difference is that Shotokan was my father's martial arts. It was something that made me feel connected to him as much as like the lineage of the art. And Gojuru was my own martial art, something that I picked up that I mm-hmm. used a lot of the discipline and um, I would say, yeah, discipline and techniques and, and ways to stay consistent in the practice. I brought that from Shotokan over to Gojuru to get better. But what I found mm-hmm. even with learning and meeting you and dudes like Tyree and people that were in the space of their own path with Shotokan is that you you love the art of it. You love the history of it. As you said, you've been in it for so long. But do you find a space for it to be mindful or even meditative or even peaceful, you know? Or is it more uh, fight, fight, aggression, fuck this guy up, and, you know, like I'm physically ready to do anything, anywhere, let's go, drop a dime. Like where where's the balance there, if there's any for you? <clears throat> okay, yes. Dodokan Karate has both aspects of physical violence, self-defense, and balance is really how you look at it and how you incorporate it into your own life. Just looking technique-wise, Shotokan is based on breathing, and breathing is based on med- you know, meditation. So when you go through the techniques of Shotokan Karate, you're either breathing in heavy, or you're breathing in quick. When you let out the technique, you let out the power, and breathing is extremely important when it comes to Shotokan Karate because we release the power from the hip rotation, and when you breathe out, you tense the tendon. The tendon muscle is that space right below your belly button. So it really has to do a lot with breathing. And, you know, it's like when you're young, of course all you want to do is fight, fight, fight. But the thing about it, and um, I'm 38 now. I'm going to be 39 next month. Over the years, you have to adjust this style, okay? Because as you get older, like what I'm starting to feel with myself is that, yeah, I still love to fight, but I still need a couple of days off afterwards, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, so it's like the style is Shotokan, but your own personal style is what you molded to be. It's like, yeah, it's Shotokan, but it's Howard's Shotokan, or it's Tyree's Shotokan, or Tony's Shotokan. Mm-hmm. You know? So it molds and, you as an individual. It, it yeah, brings the absolutely. man out of you or the person mm-hmm. out of you. I can't say that because yep. there are some women yeah. practitioners even in your uh, school that are doing well. Yeah, they're very tough, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. So I guess, you know, the one thing I learned even within my father's teaching and outside with just martial arts in general, growing up as a young person and more so as a young man, it made me really more self-aware. You know, the more I understood about my body, the more I understood Mm -hmm. about, 
like I could kick that guy standing right here, you know, or I could mm-hmm. make that jump from right. Even even in my personal parkour life where uh, martial arts had its connection, that sense of self-confidence, like the world didn't matter, you know. Like with Shotokan, mm-hmm. we, I did a lot of um, kumates and a lot of bouts and a lot of um, uh, competitions, you know. Right. And it's, right. Three, it's three point spar. So you can kick, mm-hmm. flare, block, and all of that, but it's only the point that lands. And then you you eventually come to a point you only save your energy for when you're about to hit, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it, it it translates to my my personal life where it's like when it comes to making decisions and knowing how to be effective on at least you know how I want to live my life instead of wasting my time doing extra shit, I can at least find better space in the things you know more confident in doing the things that maybe not everybody else likes to do, but. I know mm-hmm. it's for my benefit. You know, I definitely saw okay. that correlation in martial arts. Would you agree? Does that offer you that too? Or is, I mean, as a sensei, can you, how do you even teach that to your students? Oh man, you know, some things you cannot teach to your students as much <laughs> as you want, as much as you want to teach them heart, they have to develop that on their own and mm. heart and courage and confidence that all comes through the martial arts or just your life in general, you know? I remember um, I had got done fighting a, a lot, man. And one day I just, I woke up the next morning and I had to go to the store and I had that sense of confidence. Like, if something happens in the store, I can take care of myself. Like, I will be fine. And, mm-hmm. like, one day you just wake up and you just feel confident. And really that's what it's all about. Like, martial arts are made to make people into better people, not dangerous people, all right? Because Mm -hmm. the rules of, at least my style, is that it's a defensive style. You do not attack first. There is no first attack in karate, but you should not hesitate to defend yourself if necessary. That's why we say you have to train like your life depends on it because one day it just might. And that really translates to how hard you train and how serious you take your training. So like I said, how you cannot teach heart that is something that your students have to learn on their own. Well, I know Shotokan is an art, and is it an art of self? Mm-hmm. It's an art of self-defense. And for years, I've always realized um, it's it's about repelling your attacker. There's That's no right. means of sporting competition in it. Gojuru was very style-oriented for me. Um, you know, I was like I said, I loved going to competitions and fighting and and fighting against other styles. But when it mm-hmm. came to show oh, that's time, so fun, man! So much fun. It it is. It is. It builds you. <laughs> it builds character. <laughs> it yeah. builds character. But where mm-hmm. um where you might you know that that is one that is one thing that really motivates me to keep fighting. Like one one thing my dad always had told me before. I was like, man, how long did you fight for when you were yeah. younger and coming? He said, I probably kept fighting until I was about maybe forty two or forty three, and after that, I just you know really focused on teaching, but. You know, it's yeah. like I'm getting my early 40s, but the craving, the excitement of testing my Shotokan, my family's Shotokan karate against other styles still motivates me, man. It still keeps me hungry yeah. to improve my own skills. So if anything, I keep fighting and I keep training because of that. I really enjoy competing against other styles. Yeah. Well, with Shotokan, mm-hmm. there is a high sense or high sense, what's that word? A high uh, self-esteem. Like you increase yeah. self-esteem um, fucking with Shotokan. There's a sense right. of discipline because, again, I, I mentioned my father as well. He would drill these katas into me, bro. Like 
we wouldn't do as much more sparring than we do than we would katas. We would wake up yep. early in the morning just doing kata after kata after kata okay. to the point where <laughs> it was just second nature. I'll just walk around school doing katas, like just turn here, right. just, you know, forward leg. Like it just became yep. everything. And mm-hmm. um, I see now the benefits as I'm in my 40s, the, the, the how could you call it, the um, somewhat soft nature but soft, confident mm-hmm. nature in my own self-esteem, exactly. in my own exactly. self-discipline, even in my own calmness. You know, and uh, like you mm-hmm. said, like you may have had a a long day before, but if you wake up the next day, you know your body. So you walk into the street or walk into the store or walking up the road, it's nothing. You know what's best and what's right. It doesn't mean danger won't show up or things mm-hmm. won't happen. Um, right. But it, having a stronger sense of yourself and knowing that the world kind of centers around your betterment, not not around you, but like from inward in, I guess that's that that definitely speaks about the spiritual aspect of um how I introduce only black cosmonaut and understanding yourself and the world around you using that planetary alignment. But I I know this is like bias almost every athlete. Um and mm-hmm. definitely martial artists are athletes in my book. You know, an athlete oh. would say, "Oh, my style is the best or my sport is the best." But Judging that you never really practice anything else, no other form of art, um, is there anything else that you practice, or would you say that you find a sense of uh, balance like you do from Shotokan with? Oh, man. You know, I was a wrestler in high school. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I was on the wrestling team in high school, and I made it to the regionals. And that's pretty mm. far from the the bracket. And, uh, yeah. Wrestling, honestly, was the toughest thing I've ever done in my life. Way harder than Shotokan, man. And it's just mm-hmm. that, like, the work was so hard. Like, it was just so grueling. It was so grinding. You showed up every single day and got your ass kicked, and they expected to to wrestle twice a week. Uh, once on Wednesday and then again on Saturday afternoon. And uh, yeah. so, you know, I really, I really enjoy styles that grind you, like, like judo, uh, jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. boxing, like like the like the traditional styles, like you know, like styles that are tried, true, and tested over the years. Like I really, really appreciate kickboxing because it really is similar to Shotokan, but there are, there are certain rules, and it's just really free, you know. See, so, yeah, I really respect those three styles: uh, Shotokan, kickboxing, and judo. I I feel that. <laughs> Judo has a balance. Like, when you're a judoka, a judo practitioner, as they would say, you learn to throw people double your size. And it's really science. Like, they call boxing the sweet science. Well, judo is a science as well. Because judo is the science of balance and leverage. Like, you can throw people very easily. Put them right on their ass. Put them right on their back. Or put them right on the neck if you really don't like them. But there's also a gentle side to it. You know, judo is called the gentle art. But like they say, nothing hits you harder than the ground, right? Yes. <laughs> there is a very dangerous side to judo. Judo can hurt you very, very quickly. But judo can also be used to restrain people. And I really like that aspect of it. Because, you know, it's like you can't slow down a punch to the point where it's going to be effective and not hurt someone. You know, if you if you go to punch someone, like, you're committed to doing damage. But with styles like wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, 
you can restrain them without hurting them. Because, you know, the law is pretty strict when it comes to violence of in, within the martial arts community. Like, if you hurt someone and the police officer and the, the jury, they, they all decide that you could have gotten through the situation without hurting them, even if you're not at fault, they're still going to find you at fault and possibly put you in jail. So it's like, I really think that it's important that a person learn restraint techniques as well so that they do not end up killing or hurting someone severely. I feel that. No, it's a, it kind of gets me to think more and more um, hearing that you kind of understand when you get better with your practice, speaking more of Shotokan and martial arts, mm-hmm. when you get better with the physical practice, you start to learn the abilities of your power, you know, the capabilities of the things you can do to people. You are not exactly. the attacker or the aggressor. You are the defender, but you are so defensive, it's almost like a defense is the attack. And my dad yeah. always used to tell me that, you know, a block is an attack, you know, and it right. becomes a um, a way to fully become the person, the, the person that you want to be. And what I'm getting that at is what do you, what would you equate mental health to be like in that space? Or what's the mental health of an individual like that? Or just give me when you think about when I say mental health and it comes to Shotokan and understanding and all that you're explain, expressing, at least as a sensei, what do you hear when you say that? When I, what do you say when, I, when you hear that? There we go. <laughs> well, when I hear the term mental health, I think it all comes down to dedication. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to martial arts, everybody has their own individual pace that they like to train at, that they like to learn at, how often they train. And, you know, mental health, it's everything when it comes to martial arts. Because like I said before, you need to pace yourself as you get older and to keep yourself healthy and to try to last in these martial arts as long as you can. You know, so it's all about mental health. And when I have a new student and they start training, you know, I, I tell them the hardest part about karate is not the training. It's the balancing, the balancing of life, the balancing of your, of your job of your training, of your family, of your kids, of your friends, of your social life. It's like there are so many things going on in someone's life that martial arts oftentimes gets put on the back burner. And it doesn't matter how much they want to do it, it's like life just happens and martial arts get put to the side. And mental health goes hand in hand with martial arts because it's all mental. Fighting is all mental. Things happen very quickly. And you cannot let yourself get overwhelmed when it comes to fighting because you'll miss opportunities or you'll get hit or you'll get hurt or you'll hurt someone else. So mental health is extremely important. When you're grinding through the rounds or grinding on the, on the ground with jiu-jitsu or judo or just going through the, the sparring rounds, it builds you mentally. It builds that mental toughness that you can keep going. Like I said, Wrestling taught me a lot about being physically tough, but not just that, but being mentally tough. When it comes to wrestling, man, it's like it's not like basketball or football where you can say, oh, the quarterback threw an interception, that's why we lost. No, it's just you out there. It's just you and the other person. And, like, you have no one to blame but yourself. And that's a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure, man. Yeah. And knowing that it's all on your shoulders – that's that's mentally tough, man. And just grinding it out, it's like you gotta be you gotta be tough or else you're gonna break mentally, man. So yeah, martial arts is, is extremely important to be mentally tough. 
I noticed that um, when you when you put yourself out there, right? So like you have a business, Tong Dojo mm-hmm. Shodakan Karate, and people are gonna come to you seeking, let's say, physical discipline. They want to know mm-hmm. how to protect themselves. And what I'm hearing you seeing is that their mental game is probably going to be their priority before their physical aspect. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, you know, everybody's body is different. Getting on a good diet, learning your cardio to strength regimen, like that's relative to the individual. You know, like you have a wrestling background. I have a wrestling background. But as far as I know, um, our friend Tyree doesn't have a wrestling background. You know, so he may... He may not need to strength train like we do. He might mm-hmm. need a different approach. So I say that to say is um, what are the – if you if I was a new student or if a new student comes to your school and it's they're fresh off the boat, they may or may not have – let's say they don't have any um, athletic background, where do you start mm-hmm. them? You know, Do you put on a gi, give them a white belt, and then fucking send them to the wolves and start making them sweat? Or do you <laughs> no. give them like a no. to say, why do you want to get into more? Like, what's that like? <laughs> okay, so definitely do not want to throw them to the wolves because that mm-hmm. is what will mentally break them. Like, mentally, they're not tough enough to handle the rounds or the sparring or the intense training. And not just physically, like, you know Kihon, all right? Kihon mm-hmm. sparring, uh, Kihon, Kumite, and Kata they're all different energies, and therefore they all take a different mental capacity. When it comes to sparring, things happen fast. <clears throat> Excuse me. When it comes to sparring, so you have to be quick-witted, and you got to be reactive and reflexive. All right. When it comes to kihon, you got to be good at remembering long strings of combinations. All right. That's also mental right there. And kata deals with technique and memory. All right. So usually when I have a student that has no martial arts experience whatsoever, I ask them, okay, what are you looking for in a martial art? That's always the first thing I ask them. What are you doing here? Like, what do you want to get out of this? I have some people that come to me and say, hey, you know, I don't have any confidence. I'm, <clears throat> I don't have any friends. Like, I'm very antisocial. I have people that say, hey, I want to fight. Like, I want competition. And I got a couple of fighters that I'm training right now. Matter of fact, we had a, a kickboxing match last weekend. And some people come in with that idea that they want to compete. And then some people kind of develop that feeling over their martial arts career, where competition and fighting in the ring or the cage or the octagon was never really something they thought about. But as they mentally get tougher, that is something that they, they start to develop a, a craving for, a hunger for, or at least an interest in. And then you got some guys that are just like, I like the, the art side of it. Like, I like the technique. I never really got a chance to do karate when I was younger. You know, I, I have a little bit of free time now. My kids are out of the house, whatever the case may be. So everybody gets into the martial arts for a different reason, whether it's competition, the technique, or they just want to lose weight. Like, they want a tough training. I, I mean, I've had people come in with, with all kinds of reasons. And usually, we can accommodate that. Yeah, we can accommodate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, man. I think, um, I don't know, I don't, everybody's got their story, and I'd love to yeah. fully understand more and more as we progress 
how to effectively communicate. Like I come from the field of communications, especially mm-hmm. my IT career. And right, one thing right. I learned about one thing I learned about it is that it wasn't really as much as it um, it wasn't connectivity. It was about communication. You know, we connected yeah, a lot of things, a lot of devices, but in a mm-hmm. lot of spaces we weren't communicating. You know, we weren't finding ways to get things done. So the connection, getting over it, blah, blah, blah. Long story mm-hmm. short, it's a continued process. And um, right. I really love hearing how you find your path in this life of such a physical practice because even today, Shotokan or even martial arts, fighting is such a, like, a brutal thought you know anytime anybody's like fighting why would i fight i'll just pull out a gun or get a lawyer yeah. or you know yeah. you know they just don't they don't see that but there's a lot of a lot of love and a lot of mental i would say balance that's given yeah. from learning your body mm-hmm. and learning yeah. um yeah. a practice like martial arts so i man, i know, I know shit, man. i'd love talking to people about it what'd you say oh yeah yeah martial arts man it you never really develop a respect for someone until you try to punch them in the face, man. Like, I cannot explain <laughs> what it is, Howard. I don't know how to explain it, man. But the respect, the respect you gain for people when you fight them, of course, yeah. in a friendly manner. At the yeah, end of the yeah, day, yeah. in the class, it's like, I can't explain it, man. It's just, there's no better feeling than putting yourself out there with and risking it all with someone else that's just trying to hit you as well, man. It's like you gain this sense of camaraderie, this sense of, of partnership, this, this this mental and physical challenge, and you really get a lot of respect for people after you fight you know, them. I, man. I, I mean, I personally get it. I yeah, get it and you I wouldn't, man. And, and, you know, that's something that someone that doesn't fight will never understand. It's like yeah. they say, how can you respect someone when they just punch you in the face and you're bleeding from yeah. your nose? I was like, yeah. I, I can't explain it. Like, listen. Yeah. If I if you, I meet a new person, the question, you yeah. hear them saying the question and they're answering it for yourself. What do you mean? How can exactly. I love somebody yeah. punch you in the face? You ever got somebody punch you in the face? Yeah, no, exactly. You need to do it, man. It's like when you grind as hard as they do, man, and like the feeling is mutual and the challenge is there. It's like, yo, man, there's no better person to make to be friends with than another martial artist that has the same state of mind and same hustle and. and and hunger is you, man. I'm like, you just, yo, you just go out and you just, just go at it, man. You, you develop this sense of camaraderie and respect. It's like, you just want to take them out to dinner afterwards, you know? It's like, yo, we're friends now. Okay, well, you say we're friends now. <laughs> yeah, and it becomes that. Mm-hmm. I think it's back yeah. to if you think of kids on the playground when they first meet, you know, there's a physical reality that's happening between them that we might see them just as children on the playground, but to them, mm-hmm. they're coming together in, in a mutual environment. And in a lot of ways, they're bringing their own individual mind into that environment and socializing and finding a way to connect, you know? So mm-hmm. they became friends in that way. And I mean, of course, we're parents or adults. We don't see it like that, but oh, I would yeah. say like on a, on a whatever base I just did that on, you know, observing human base, that's what's happening, you know, even with a job, you know, you, you come together with your own individual experience and with a fight, <laughs> a fight mm-hmm. is more personal, um, a kumate, a connection. Cause again, if somebody hits you with the same body part you have and it yep. hurts, you're like, damn son, 
what? Why? <laughs> okay, all right. We got to find it. You know, like, it's just this connection that happens that's different. Let me get back. You had mentioned something a few minutes ago about um, teaching styles, right? Mm-hmm. And teaching techniques. Well, when it comes to being a good instructor, you don't become a good instructor by being a good fighter. Okay? It's just like, mm-hmm. like basketball. Like, Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player ever, you know, in most people's opinion, anyway. Some people say LeBron by stats or whatever, but that's not the point. And it's like, mm-hmm. but Michael Jordan's not a coach. Like, he may have been a, you know, a coach for a little while on a couple of teams or whatever, but it's like, you may have never really even played basketball, but you're one of the greatest coaches ever. It's like, just because you're a good fighter doesn't make you a good instructor. You need to be able to translate the way you see your style into delivery systems that different people can understand because people, they don't all absorb information the same way. Some people absorb it like verbally, like you can tell them something and it just clicks, they can line it up in their head and get the task done. Some people, you need to go over the technique slowly with them. And then some people, well, well, they're just bad, man, and they really need a helping hand. But, you know, it's like you show them, and you do this because you're passionate about it. Like, I teach karate. I, trust me, I'm not a karate instructor because I want to be rich. <laughs> I'd be like a lawyer or something, bro. Like, I love what I do, man. Like, like I, um, a little bit of information in, in a past about me, I used to be a culinary guy. Like, I yeah. grew up in the kitchen with my mother, and my mom's Jamaican. Well, you know what, Howard? We have a lot in common, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I know we do. We really do. I never do. talk about it a lot. And like I said, I yes, wanted I... this episode. Well, I, yeah. I wanted this episode to really be about you and about your path mm-hmm. and your spirit because, again, I created this whole podcast and this platform as a way to dig deeper into myself and learn yeah. more about the people that really guided me. And again, your father became like this <laughs> makeshift dad for me in his own way. You know, like, again, yeah. he was in his 40s when I met He was he's my age when people. I met him. What's that? Yeah, he's a dad to a lot of people, man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and he's another person that you could get like a hit, a, a whole legacy of knowledge from, um, you know, a timeless knowledge from just from knowing him as a person, him as a sensei, you know, possibly as to why he chose him as a father, because he does have more than one child, you know, and just understanding how to live that life. And we have a lot in common because of our Caribbean background and because of the, and I think specifically the persons who our fathers are, I think our fathers are very similar too. So it's very interesting how we, how history continues to repeat itself in generations and we found each other in some indirect connectivity way and and it's helping you know we help i know you help me i I talk about that all the time just watching um the the constant work that you do with instagram and just with your students and just really getting the message out there that's motivation for me all day and i've never really like you know (laughs) you've never been like my direct friend more than like my indirect always friend you know, and I really appreciate, I really appreciate all of that. Like, it's just coming to your wedding and then your parties and then connected. We did all this different stuff. You know, there was so many years ago and it was happening I know. so fast. It's crazy, man. We weren't it's even crazy. thinking about it. We weren't thinking about it. 
We do, we do, man. We do. Thank you yeah, so and, much. For, and we have, for being and we have so many more years to explore, man. Like this I is do. just this is I nothing. That. The journey I we've had together that. is is nothing so far compared to what we'll have in the future, man. And that's what we all need to strive for. That's a positive energy. That's what you got to do. Uh, of course, of course. A part of my meditation teachings and even conversation is about how you affirm just yourself and certain practices in your day. And a lot of my conversation is about learning to protect, respect, and guide myself and use the environment and the experiences more specifically that I had to, to learn from. You know, and mm-hmm. Shotokan, I would never stop doing martial arts. My wife can tell you I'm I'd be in the house just practicing just randomly um, only because sometimes I wake up and a kata is in my mind and I just have to do the kata or at least pieces of it. So um, it's there. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, my dad always says once you get into karate, karate gets into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does say that. <laughs> I told him to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, no, that's official. Yeah, he also told me that no matter what you do, whether it's karate, martial arts, your job, your career, you have to give yourself at least one day to take a break from it. Put it back on the yeah. shelf. It'll be waiting for you. Don't worry. It'll be waiting for you. But <laughs> even even if you're obsessed with what you do, sometimes you just need to take a break from it, man. Yeah. But well, that's it, it'll the find balance. that's the balance. Yeah, that, and that's the mental. That's the balance right there. I, you know, I asked my dad. I was like, Dad, how have you been doing karate for? nearly 50, over 50 years. Like, what, why do, how do you not burn out and just say, fuck it, I'm done with karate, I'm just going to go live on a beach in, in Bogota, Colombia somewhere and never throw another punch? And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course, right? He'll move there one day, I swear he will. But he says there has to be at least one day where you can put it up on the shelf and just recharge your batteries. Because if you don't, you will begin to hate it. It will, mm-hmm. it will wear you out, it will break you down, and you won't like it anymore. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's karate or your career, you know. So that's that's yeah, one well, thing that I, I always teach my dad. Well, that's a different story for marriage and 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 the consistency oh, that, yeah. in life <laughs> because you can't put. But I know what he's getting at. I'm just making fun. But no, yeah. I. It's every day and it's every way. Um, I don't know, man. You kind of answered all my questions. This wasn't really an interview. I just wanted to get on the <laughs> phone and talk with you and. Use my I know. Well, we, we need to do this again, man. But let, let, we do. We do. We do. I, yeah, yeah, I before do I, I hang up to her, I just yeah, got to yeah. give a shout out to my wife, man. My okay. wife, Sandra. Okay. Yes. This whole karate thing would not be possible without her. Oh, all right. Shout because, out to the wife. Yes. Shout out to the wife, Catherine Pursuity, man. She is. She's fucking amazing, man. You know why she's amazing? Because she gave me the balance and the patience and the space to really get CSK started. And she believes in what I do, man. She's not nagging. She never asked me why you spend so much time in the dojo, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, she has just been an angel, and she's always been supportive. And I would not be where I am without her, man. Without the balance, without her supporting me and always being there for me when I, when I fall. Listen, man, you guys think I'm tough. No, I'm not tough. She's tough. Okay, I'm a, I'm a little bitch, like, like, when I get to home, uh, I am such a little bitch, man. And she takes care of me. I come home, I come home with, like, a bruised rib, like what I got right now. She takes yeah. care of me, and then she ices it down. It's like I got, like, like a bruised knuckle or, like, a sprained finger. She's helping me out. Like, it's intense. 
Dude, she's my nurse joy, man. She takes care of me so that I can take care of my people. So big shout out to her, man. Like CSK would not be here if it wasn't for Catherine, my wife. I love her. Shout out to CS. Shout out to Tony's wife, the primary <laughs> behind behind his healing, you know, and his That's mental right. health. I, I see that. I see that. Exactly. That's yeah, like you say, it's well, all about the mental health. It's the first time. That's what he should have said. He's like, well, you know, I'm nothing without my wife, man. And, uh, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all about the support, man, whether it's from your wife or from your family. Like, when you have a good support circle, and I'm not just talking about, like, haters that just like stuff so that they're not haters. I'm talking about <laughs> people that go to bat for you. Like, they, what do they call that? Hate-liking, I think it's called? Yeah. But they like they like stuff so it doesn't seem like they're a hater, but they're really yeah, a hater. Yeah, hate hate like Yeah, no, it's like now when you got a circle that really supports you no matter what, man. That's when things start falling into place and you know things start happening in a positive light, man. That's word. That's very very true, man. That's very true, Tony. Listen, thank you so much for taking this space for. <laughs> oh man, thank you so much. Are, Enlighten, enlightening my listeners on Tong Dojo, Tong Dojo and specifically just you. You know what oh, we yeah, might yeah. need to do, because I haven't had my father on this podcast yet, we might need to do like um, an episode where you bring your father, I bring my father. We just just have them talk and maybe, I don't know if that's even possible, we could do like a video. Oh, man, we can make it happen, man. We can make it happen. I'm sure he won't do, a, your father won't do a one-on-one neither with mine, but if we make it like, a, oh, did you know Tony's dad's going to be there? He's like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, because they were always <laughs> good friends. So maybe we'll force them in that way. Hey, man, we'll, we'll set them up, man. We'll set them up. But if not, just have you on again because I love talking to you. Yeah, man, definitely. I'll, I'll be back soon to Atlanta. That's a whole other space. I'm dead serious about that. So, it, like, it's going to have different ways of transforming. But just getting the knowledge, letting people know what's going on and, it's obvious we have more to talk about because we're just picking up conversations continuing. So, of course. Um, hey, you got, hey, next time you're in town, you got to bring your gi. Yeah, oh, no, that's a guarantee. I can't get on the plane without it. I can't get on the plane without it. So, that's one right. time, Tony, thank you so much once again. Shout out to Tong Dojo. Shout out to your father and just your history. Thank you again for taking the space and giving my listeners a sense of balance with the podcast here on Only Black Cosmonauts. Again, it's about that inner universe and shining that light of love and acceptance. We are, I am a wellness advocate. I am a movement, movement advocate. I am a mindfulness advocate. It's all about that love. Thank you so much, listeners, for listening. Tony, once again, finish out your day. Drive safe. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks again. All right. Thanks a lot, Howard. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. Namaste, man. Bye. Okay, bye. Namaste. Yeah, I want to remind you, say you can look to support the podcast over at anchor.fm forward slash only black cosmonaut. You can support at $1, $5 or $10 monthly. Your monthly contribution always continues to for me to do the work, find ways to be more inspirational, reach out to people so them can be guests on the podcast. So head on over to anchor.fm forward slash only black cosmonaut and click on the support link and you can consider whichever support you want, $1, $5 or $10 monthly. Thank you so much. Namaste.